Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. Hello. 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 Hi, everyone. Welcome. Welcome. Come spend another hour or so with us here at Whiskey Whiskey Wonder. (laughs) I can't even talk. Whiskey and Wonder. Uh, We appreciate you coming back another week. Yep. And... Spending, spending some time some, with us. Yeah, hanging out, learning a thing or two about yeah. whiskey and something interesting. Yeah, that's what we do here because I'm, uh, well, that was a terrible. That terrible. was bad. Yeah, that was real bad. Let me try that again. <laughs> uh, so, because that's what we do here. We we wonder and we whiskey and we've got a real good, uh, uh, something I'm excited for today as far as the whiskey goes. Um, I'm Tyler. I'm Megan. All right, there we go. Much better that time. <laughs> Let's have a... Uh, well, we just did a round of applause. Let's not do it again. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Let's not boost our egos too much. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, uh, so we got a whiskey we're excited for today. Got a topic. Um, I don't know the first thing about it. Are you excited for the topic? I'm really excited for the topic. Okay. So we're excited for the whiskey. We're excited for the wonder. We're excited for you. Yes. So um, we don't really have any announcements. It's the same old, same old. Check out the website. Check out the store. Blah, 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 blah. Yep, whiskeyandwonder.com. Email us at contact at whiskeyandwonder.com. Yep, check um, out our Patreon if you want to vote on the Infinity Bottles, uh, patreon.com slash whiskeyandwonder. Yep, everything uh, we're saying here can be found down in the show notes as well. Uh, check yep. us out, follow us on social media. Um, thank you to everyone who does like and subscribe and rate, review, all the... Donates that awesome. supports us, yeah, everything you do. Everything. All you guys keep us... Keep us rolling, so thank you guys so much for uh, keeping us going. Yep, and uh, speaking of, we uh, I just thought of something we need to talk about off air. Yeah? Uh, yeah, just uh, let me make a note real quick. Okay, as you are making a note, um, again, thank you guys uh, for all of our peeps. And you forgot to write your note. Yeah, sorry, I got distracted by... Something. Um, I'll make it later. <laughs> I've already forgotten what it was anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> oh wait. I do know. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. There we are. Now, uh, with all that said, all that said, golly, I cannot talk today. You sound like me. Yeah. Uh, with all that said, um, let's go ahead and Megan and I are... We're going to jump into the open segment, Megan and I. For any new listeners, that's where we kind of chit-chat about how our life's been, because this is the only time Megan and I get to hang out anymore. Yep. The open segment. Well, Tyler, you, uh, you're talking like me, so how's your, how's uh, your week going? Uh, it's, it's, I've been exhausted. To be honest with you, um, I'm not really sure why. I'm sleeping fine. I just don't think I'm getting restful sleep. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not thrilled about it. I don't really know what I can do. So I'm going to try this week to end up in bed a little earlier than usual and see how that goes, see if that helps. But um, Yeah, we had a Shelby's family came into town between the last episode and this one, uh, her mom and dad. And we had a good, excuse me, a very good visit. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to take off of 
work, uh, and they were here over. Uh, they were about three days during the week, and and then a weekend, and so I was kind of having to catch them in the evenings. Uh, not not really able to spend time with them during the day, uh, except for Saturday and Sunday, and then of course uh, Saturday rolls around, and I, I just had some things I needed to take care of. Uh, just you know, life happens. Like I had to mm-hmm. change the spark plugs on my car because the gas mileage had dropped by like three or four miles per gallon and it was being very sluggish. So, mm-hmm. you know, just some stuff like that popped up that I had to take care of while they were here as well. So I didn't get to spend uh, a ton of time with them the way that, that, you know, I would have hoped to normally, but you know, we still had a good visit. Me and her dad got into, got into some whiskey and, um, he actually, he bought us one that was very, it was very generous of him. So thank you. Nice. Thank you for buying it. Thank you. Um, and there's a, um, it, it's one of those, like they have a shtick mm-hmm. with it um, where that, that you can like kind of collect certain things. And apparently yeah. they, they only make a handful of, this one particular one that we had no idea. We just pulled it off the shelf and we got one of the one they only make a, a you know, about a thousand a year of. So, Oh, cool. So we, we actually have one. So that was pretty cool. And again, he just, we were, we stopped in the liquor store to see what they had. And he's like, here you go. Oh, cool. I, uh, thank you, Papa Manning. Yes. Thank you very much. And, and I had heard good things by uh, another friend and just talked about it. And he, Next thing I know, he snagged it. So, very cool. Uh, so, thank you very much for that. Uh, they also got us, uh, Shelby and I, a new set of pots and pans as a moving in present. Congratulations! Oh, um, nice. Other than that, it's been just a regular old week. Um, got uh, my my deck is. I can walk out on it now. I took Megan out. We went. It's very nice. Went so out far. on it earlier. Yeah, there's no steps to get down, um, but you can at least walk out on it. So yeah. hopefully, it will be finished here within the next week or so. It's coming together. The room uh, that the what will become the podcast studio is almost finished. I would put it at like ninety percent done. Exciting. Um. The only thing that I know that they still need to do is wire up the air conditioning, put the flooring down. I think they have to refinish some like the the steps. Uh, I don't think they're finished quite doing that. They've got to touch up paint a couple areas and a couple things, and then just the final walkthrough stuff. They've got to put the lights in as well. So nice. <laughs> And uh, the doorknobs and and stuff like that. So, but nice, nice, nice. It's it's almost there, and then we're gonna have a heck of a time moving moving shit All around. All this stuff up, yeah. And I'm I've got to when we do that. I've been putting this off. I know you guys. If you're on YouTube, you can see the whiskey cabinet behind Megan. Uh, it's gotten to the point where <laughs> there's a so that's just an IKEA cabinet that I put lights in. Uh, they do not make this cabinet anymore at Ikea. Um, and I was able to snag it, put lights in it, but now I've got so much whiskey in there that the shelves are starting to sag a little They're bit bowing. in the middle. <laughs> and I don't want to come home from work one day and it all be busted. So I'm going to take some two-by-fours and 
support the middle of those shelves because it is just cheap IKEA when I take all the all the whiskey out to move it up move that cabinet upstairs. So unfortunately I don't think I will be able to keep that in the background of the camera shot once we're up there. But yeah. we'll see. I gotta play around with how the furniture's going. And where everything goes, yeah. So that's that's exciting. What has gone on with you, Megan? Um at I, I don't know. <laughs> Everything blurs together. I can't remember what I what's happened since I talked to you last. Um, other than aliens are real. Have you seen that? I heard something about it, but the government basically confirmed. I don't. Aliens are real. I don't necessarily believe that. No. Not yet. Like, show it to me. Well, okay, fair. <laughs> say it all day long, but uh, yeah, show it to me. Okay, I get wanting proof. Um, yeah. Uh, I well, Jamie uh, and I have a neighbor who has a garden that their cucumbers went a wild. This year. So um, she had like 50 million cucumbers and was like, tell me you guys like cucumbers. And we're like, yeah, sure. Um, And she ended up bringing us like three grocery bags full of cucumbers. Um, So. Welcome to the South. Yep. Because that my entire life growing up is uh, that's how it was. You. It seemed like everybody had a garden and. Everybody had a different plant that went wild. And so you kind of just, oh, you had tomatoes that went wild. We had squash that went wild. There you go. Swap. (laughs) You know, oh, you had corn. Here's some squash. Yep. Um, So Jamie is actively trying to, uh, like, make pickles. Um, I was just about to say, bring me some. I'll make some more pickles. (laughs) I don't have any dill, though, anymore. I got rid of that. Um, So she attempted her first batch last night. Um, How big is a batch? One jar. Okay. All right. I was about to say, don't like... No. If she's if it's the first time doing it, don't do more than like a jar or no. two. She yeah. attempted her first jar last night, and her first attempt um, was not great. So she, <laughs> she didn't make um, a brine of the stuff. Like, she didn't put everything in a pot and like boil it together and like emulsify it Mm -hmm. she put everything in the jar and then was like reading about pickles and was like oh i should have done all of that in a pot yeah on the stove so didn't i make the didn't you eat the pickles mm -hmm. i made that one time oh god they were so good yeah i don't i don't remember what i did but i i think i did brine them that i love you made some good pictures pictures (laughs) pictures pictures you made some good pictures. Uh, <laughs> now Jamie's going to be like, what did you do? <laughs> uh, yeah, she might end up texting you once she hears this and be like, Tyler, help. Um, uh, I'll see if I can find the recipe. But that that's part of the way I cook is I just throw shit in there. So That's kind of, Jamie says she listens to her ancestors. And when they tell her to stop, she stops, basically. 
Okay, I just kind of <laughs> eyeball shit. I don't, I don't hear voices. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily think she hears voices. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, no, I, uh, I remember throwing some like whole black peppercorns yep. and some garlic. Yeah, I threw a big chunk of dill in there because I had uh, that dill plant that, that was going plant, crazy. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what all I put in there. Salt. We so the recipe she's looking at calls for dill seed. I have some of that. So we got a thing of dill seed. And Jamie opened it, and she didn't. She didn't look, so she opened it, and then just assumed, you know, it was like a shaker with like a like the. <laughs> and so her first, first jar of pickles, um, like she went to shake some in, and it's it's an open jar. Yeah. And so she poured the whole thing. Like I think we have like a, this much dill seed left out of a whole jar. Um. <laughs> So we're going to have to get some more dill seed for her to continue making pickles, I'm sure. Um, if, uh, well, you you guys probably don't have much. I'm trying to remember exactly where she lives. I, there's no wild plants around there, but a plant, I don't know if it's dill specifically, but it's in the family of dill, mm-hmm. grows wild. And I actually have one growing, uh, it's growing like between the crack of my of my walkway and steps. Huh. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very small one. But you, they'll grow wild and they'll grow like as tall as I am. Knowing my luck, it'd be like poison hemlock or something. No, it's <laughs> it's like I've eaten it before. I but, meant I would think it's this dill plant and no. I would pick it and it would be hemlock. Or... I don't I don't think there's anything crazy. <laughs> anything poisonous that looks like it. Um we uh, went and spent the day with her pa- grandparents, um, but who basically raised her, so her parents, grandparents, um, and hung out with them a little bit uh, and did dinner, and um, that was really nice. Is that around here, or is that... They live in uh, Mint Hill. Okay. So, close-ish, about 45-minute yeah, drive for Yeah, for y'all, us. yeah, that's a little bit of a drive, yeah. But not not too crazy. Um, yeah, Mint Hill's just like 10, 15 minutes from here at, at worst. Yeah, it's hot, hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah, you can take the old back roads and, and get right there. Yep. yep. You can you can haul. <laughs> um, I can't think of anything specific well? or exciting. Um, we babysat. <gasps> We babysat a friend's dog. Oh, <laughs> yeah. By the way, I I wanted to ask a favor when we're off the uh, <laughs> okay off there in regards to that. Okay. Um, <coughs> don't forget about it. Add it to your notes. Um, yep. We babysat a friend's dog, um, and this dog is a flight risk. Um, oh, so a Shiloh. Doordasher. Uh, and no, it, we, great week, awesome week, no issues until about an hour before her parents were going to come pick her up. She managed to squeak past Jamie's legs and take off. And so it's a little Shiba Inu. So she looks like a little fox, doge dog. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And she... 
needless to say, she needs to work on her recall training and her emergency stop training because she would not come, would not stop for nothing. Mm. And we spent probably two hours chasing this dog around Faith trying to like catch it. So Jamie was in her car and I was in my car and we were like trying to like cut her off and there's like a creek and a pond that she just like kept diving into. She was having a great grand old time. Better hope it weren't an algae bloom. I shouldn't. Okay. Scientist. <laughs> well, the dog is fine, so it's been all right. It was last Sunday that this all happened, so it's been seven days. So she's fine. Um, and it it was uh, Jamie is still having nightmares about this dog running away and chasing her and having to catch her. Um, and finally, she like was running, and there were a couple of our neighbors like out and about walking their dogs. And she, like, went to say hi to the dogs, and we were able to, like, snatch her. Uh, but there was no grabbing her. There, were, there was no calling her. She gave zero fucks about us. Like, and I did all of the things that you're supposed to do as a trainer. Got down on the floor, started crying, rolled around on the grass, ran away from her so she would chase me. Emergency recall, did touch, just everything, everything I've ever been trained to do. And none of it worked. None of it worked. Not a damn thing. Part of me wants to say, just like, like... One of those situations where, like, science has taught us everything we need to know, you know, and then it's like, surprise, motherfucker. That's exactly, that's exactly how it felt. Like, her mom would tell me all this stuff about, like, oh, how she door dashes and runs away. And I'm like, but you're not dumb. You're not doing everything you could be doing to get her back. You're not, you're not doing the tricks. You did the tricks. I did the, not one damn thing, Tyler. Not one damn thing worked. Not a single damn thing. Science. So. Surprise, motherfucker. Oh, I, you I got was, more to learn. <laughs> I was so stressed out. So that was our adventure last Sunday. Instead of doing a podcast, we chased a doge all around all around town. Nice. You uh, conveniently, not that I marked it, I, I'll, I'll bring it up off the air. I mm -hmm. don't want to point that out. Oh, no. Oh, anyway. oh, I know what I did. Yep, okay. Whoops, well, anyway, uh, it wouldn't be that hard to figure out. So. Probably not. Well, it sounds like it's been, apart from your dog chasing <laughs> episode, it sounds like it's been a pretty quiet week for both of us. So that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, busy so. but quiet. So, well, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about this whiskey. Hopefully you guys are as excited as I am. Opening the bottle. Today, and I know you guys may or may not be able to see this. Let me move it back just here. We're drinking one of the Penelope whiskeys, but it is one that I had never seen before. So around here, you pretty much get your regular Penelope, Penelope barrel strength. Uh, regular Penelope is a white label, 
Barrel Strength is a small orange label down at the bottom here. If you're on YouTube, I'm showing it. Then you have a large label like like this one that is blue. Um, that is is uh, it's got oak staves in the process. And then I found this one. It's black for those not on YouTube. It is the Penelope Barrel Strength Private Select. And this bottle happens to be from batch 22. It's number 301 from the batch. It was aged four years. The mash bill is 81% corn, 9% rye. Ooh, I oh, hope that, that didn't weird. come through for y'all. 81% corn, 9% rye, 7% wheat, and 3% malted barley. Stop. Why is it doing that? Stop staticking. I don't know. Every once in a while, we get these weird issues, guys. We don't know what exactly causes them. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see what this tastes like. I will uh, open. I'll be upfront and honest with you guys. Um, and, Megan, I might need you to scooch out of the way for a moment. So, there are easily counting this Penelope. There's easily 10 or 11 bottles in the whiskey cabinet that have not been opened. And this week, Papa, Papa Manning and I got into it, three of those. So this was not one of them. I have not had this. But one of them... One of them was the other Penelope, the blue bottle. And I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, I'm going to try very hard not to say anything in this episode that will influence when we do that. Um, so I guess on that note, let's, uh, oh yeah, let's give a, a little bit of specifics about this one. Um, excuse me. It is 115.8 proof, which means it's 57.9. I'm sorry. It's a hundred. Yeah. 115.8. Proof and uh, 57.9% alcohol by volume. I uh, gave you the mash bill earlier. It's non-chill filtered. <clears throat> so it's a four-grain bourbon. Um, it says on the back, every bottle is custom created by combining our three traditional Penelope mash bills in new and different ways. Um, all three of the straight bourbon are used in Penelope bourbon are more than four years in new charred American oak barrels. So this is an MGP product. This is a relatively new distillery. A matter of fact, it was formed in 2018. Uh, Mike Palladini and his wife Carrie found out found out that uh, they were expecting a baby girl whom they named Penelope, which is where the name came from. And uh, supposedly uh, Mike his wife and their neighbor, um, Danny Police, Polisi, uh, ended up trying to create this whiskey and uh, they started a business out of it. Uh, it was, like I said, 2018, so it's relatively new. For it to be a four year old whiskey in 2023 means this was done, obviously, if you can do math, 2019. So they weren't. They might have actually made this in in house. I'm not sure. I can't say for sure this is an MGP product. 
Sorry, Megan's trying to decide which whiskey she wants. I'm trying to give you the lesser of the... No, opposite. I'm trying to give myself the lesser of the poor. Yep. Um, so, uh, they've got a list of their teams. They've got uh, some information about the private select here. It was the best of class winner at the 2022 San Francisco World Spirits Competition for small batch bourbon uh, up to five years. So, that category, it, it brought home the best in class. I'm interested to see, especially having tasted the blue one. I'm interested to see how this compares and uh, get Megan's input on this. I do actually, like I said, this is a specific uh, batch number, batch number 22. And while they don't have any notes online about it, I or on their website, I did find another review from uh, batch 22 online as well. So we're going to compare what we smell to uh, what this person smelled or smelt. You were right the first time. Smelled. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. I was being a smart ass because I, okay. I used to say smelt all the time until Shelby pointed out that smelt is what you do to uh, metal and smelled is the past tense of smell. Um, As I'm smelling it, it there's a definitely a lot of char. Um, I'm getting like, a lot of charcoal burn, burnt wood smell. I don't yep, know if it's w- an oak or what, but definitely very yeah, campfire It said it's uh, aged in new... Um, new oak? Charred American oak barrels. So I would expect that. Uh, and like I said, this is... They've got a... They've got down on one of their pages here. Um, oh, it actually does give a little information down here. I didn't see this. Um... It's a blend of three bourbon mash bills comprised of four grains. Each private select barrel is comprised of a different blend. All barrels used in this program are hand-selected. It's four to six years old, uh, so this one we know is four. Number four staves and number two heads. Each each private select has a different mash bill. Um, but they've also got a, a partner's thing down here, and MGP is one of the partners as, as well as Bardstown Bourbon Company, so... I'm thinking they might kind of lean on those two. Um, and for anybody that doesn't know, MGP is uh, based, it's uh, Midwest Grain Producers or something like that. It's it's an Indiana-based distillery. It used to be an old Seagram's distillery that now they produce a bunch of whiskeys that other companies come in and buy, especially new companies mm-hmm. uh, like this one, that, and then they'll mix them and blend them or they'll sell them off as, as their own because uh, it's hard to have a 10-year whiskey or a four-year whiskey when you're a five-year-old company. Yep. So, this might actually be their their actual blend, though. I'm not sure. Anything else you get, Megan? Really, the char is kind of overwhelming for me. Um, I'm trying to distinguish anything else, but it's just a lot of stereotypical, like, alcohol smells. Um, I definitely agree with you on the char, the alcohol. I get a little bit of fruit, but nothing crazy. Nothing I I can pull out. Yeah, nothing overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, So, what... This gentleman or lady, I'm sorry, I don't know if it was either. What this person got was uh, richly sweet and fruity in equal measure. Mm. Some aromatic 
uh, aromatics of stone of stewed stone fruit and caramelized sugar, um, and a gentle touch of mint, which I could see now that it's been said there, I could see a gentle touch of mint. It kind of very lightly burns my nose hairs, kind of like mint. I could get a little bit of mint, but I'm not getting stewed stone fruit or... I don't even know what a stone fruit is. Sugary... What was it? Sugar? Caramelized sugar. Caramelized sugar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like that uh, some milky notes of hot chocolate and nutmeg. Um, <laughs> if you know, you know. Uh, there's maybe a touch of woody spice in here, which I think there's a ton of. There's a lot. But overall, this leans heavily towards the sweet end of the spectrum. And they're supposed to have the same batch we have? This is supposed to be uh, Penelope Bourbon Barrel Strength Private Select Batch Number 22. And that's well, what we have. I, I, can't, uh, I can't get that font to show up on the camera. Uh, otherwise, I would show you guys, but it is Batch 22. Bottle number 301. Okay, I feel like we have a different whiskey than this person has because I, I, it is overwhelmingly woody, char, charred. I'm not getting the, <gasps> the sweet, sweet fruit. I can no. kind of get the sweetness like a vanilla if I search for it once it's been said, but I don't get it on my own. Yeah, it's not something I get right away at all. Um, so I'm curious to see how this one is going to fare taste-wise. You took a sip, Tyler. Are you? What are you feeling? Not sweet at all. Um, very oaky, very charry, viscous, a little more. Uh, the the word. This is going to sound terrible, but the word oily comes to mind. Um, overall, uh, there's a there's a there's a burn that kind of is lingering, but it's pretty mild. Again, kind of a minty, minty type burn. Yeah, like a peppermint. Yeah. Uh, but not, not much sweet. No sweet. No sweet to me. Um, I'm getting a pepperminty burn, um, that definitely lingers. It's hanging around. Um, I'm getting a lot of the oak, a lot of the char. Um, I could not pull out any fruit from this. Like I, I cannot. No. And I put it under my tongue that time and it uh, it's leaving a lot more of a, a burn on my tongue now. Um, I also got a kind of a leathery flavor from it. Yeah. Not at all. No sweetness. No sweetness, no fruit. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Oily I'm, is, yeah, it's it's a little rough initially. Like not, it like hard to swallow. It just, not what I was expecting. I expected, even even the smell. I it It's a bourbon. I expected it to be a little more sweet. Sweet, yeah. Um, you know, there, there is 9% rye uh, and 7% wheat. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head what constitute, constitutes it as a wheated bourbon. Um, but... Yeah, I. Uh, hmm. Yeah, just kind of surprised. Yeah. 
So, um, interesting. What this person tasted, um, <laughs> it picks up where the nose left off, which I would agree. I disagree with um, <laughs> what their first note is. It picks up with a round, ripe flavor of orchard fruit. Yeah, I, I don't get no. that. Nope. No. It uh, takes on a zesty, almost effervescent texture as it moves towards the middle of the mouth and the flavors broaden out. Uh, hazelnuts, ginger, and polished, rounded woodiness. Definitely a lot of woodiness. Um, uh, it kind of thins out towards the end, flavor-wise, but the tingly texture uh, remains. So, yeah, that kind of minty burn. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, left with vague aftertastes of flavors that had come before. So, I, I don't, uh, this person says, uh, fruity and floral. I don't I just see don't that. see that I don't at all. see that at all. No, this is, this to me is more on the... Uh, harsh end of yeah bourbons 100% on the harsh end um and i don't i don't mean that in like like it's bad it's a bad drink i mean it as in like it's just not sweet it's, it's not more sweet it's not fruity it's it's more of that oak that wood that leather that yeah. that the the you know you you I guess if you have that specific palate that enjoys that, mm-hmm. this is for you. If not, this one it, might not it be. It might not be for you. Yeah. 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 Definitely not getting sweet fruit. Very. I, I want to. This is the wrong thing to say. Um, but I want to say it's a masculine tasting bourbon. And I, I. I can see. I can understand what you're trying to say there. Um, I don't know how better to word it, but I know what you're trying to say. It just, it, this is, I don't want to say that either. This is like the, what I imagine the whiskey tasted like in 1850. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, when a whiskey sawed them law. Yeah. Or a whiskey lawed them saw. Yeah. Yeah. That damn dyslexia kicked in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, no, this is kind of what I imagine they, they had back in the day. So mm-hmm. maybe it is, maybe it ain't, but we'll uh we'll sip on this. We're gonna try it. We've got our our old limestone mixing water. We're gonna mix a little of that in here once we get to the end, but um for the time being we'll keep sipping on it how it is and See if uh, see if it changes or we get anything different out of it. And yep. until while we do that, Megan is going to teach us something. It's time for the wonder segment. Well, Tyler, Megan. Uh, last week, Jamie, or well, two weeks ago, last episode. Jamie did our wonder segment for us. She did um, the Birdman of Alcatraz. Um, and 
this week, I was so busy and so preoccupied. I blew through my days off um, without doing research for the past couple of weeks. And I realized, like, I'm going to be screwed. I uh, did not have time to actually sit down and do a wonder segment. So I was kind of in a panic. And Jamie was like, well, how about I do your wonder segment this week? Um, and so we have our second week in a row of a Jamie Wonder segment, but this one was a topic that I really wanted to do that I was really interested in, um, and that we actually mentioned last week, uh, being a upcoming topic. So surprise. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Last episode. Yes. Last episode, we mentioned that this was going to be a topic, uh, and it is now officially a topic. So we are going to learn about, uh, the first lady Edith Wilson, Woodrow Wilson's wife. Wow, I'm the asshole that forgot to turn my uh, phone to vibrate. Oh, for shame. Shame, shame, shame. All right. Edith Wilson. Here we go. Born on October 15th, 1872 in a super tiny town in Virginia called Wytheville, Population around roughly 100, or roughly 500, I'm sorry. Smaller than the town of Faith. (laughs) She is described as, it happened twice now, yep. So, (laughs) so we just, at this point. Yep. It's We might as well broadcast it now. (laughs) I live in the tiny town of Faith. Population 826. Uh, Wytheville, uh, 1872. Population roughly around 500. She is described as full of opinions. And maybe it's because her father was a circuit court judge. Maybe she was born with it. (laughs) Maybe it's Maybelline. Edith Bowling is out here just living her best life. One day while she was a teenager, she had some suitors. Maybe. It was a pair of two boys over. And Edith grows bored of the dull entertainment that the boys offered And so she said, hey, boys, want to play a game? Y'all, some stinky, dull, boring gentlemen. So I bet y'all won't go upstairs and jump off the balcony. Bet you won't. Well, not once to back down from the challenge of a woman, the two boys raced upstairs and hung themselves over the balcony. The plan was for them to hang from there and drop down. However, Edith said, nope, this ain't it and stomped on the boys' fingies until they let go and (laughs) fell. (laughs) Um, I'm glad I'm not the only one that says fingies. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Luckily, no one was hurt, but much later in life, Edith did admit to stomping um, on their fingers because she was, quote, bored, and she wanted to, quote, laugh. (laughs) Mean. (laughs) And here we have... The potential for a Jason Aldean song that probably will never be written. (laughs) Jason, I'm here as a writer for Whiskey and Wonder. And if you ever need any help writing some songs, I got you. I could maybe help you be more inclusive. Jesus Christ, Jamie. Anyway. I don't think he wants to. (laughs) Let's dial it back. Edith Bowling. When Boo Boo Kitty was 19 years old, she met a man named Norman Galt. Norman was rich. He was so fresh, so clean, so rich. Norman is a businessman. He owns a jewelry store. And Edith is seeing doll hair signs. 
After four years of dating, Edith and Normie get married. They move to Washington, D.C., and Edith is living the rich girl dream. So much that your girl has a car. A car. Jamie, what's the big deal? Everyone has a car. Oh, nay, nay. <laughs> this is 1896, and only the rich have cars. And Edith has one. And she is showing it off to all of the girlies. She's showing it off. She is the first person, the first human, to get a driver's license in Washington, D.C. Oh, I thought it was going to be bigger than that. I just knew. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was going to be just, she's the first human to get a driver's license. The first human to get a driver's license in Washington, D.C. And multiple stores, sources have stated that Edith was a raise hail, praise Dale kind of driver. She drove all over the place. I mean, they're probably, the rules are pretty hard <laughs> and fast back then. Pretty loose. Yep. Do whatever you want. Um, Don't hit the horses. So if you're not first, you're last. So neighbors say that she is absolutely reckless on the road. Um, and maybe it was five years of dealing with his wife's driving, or maybe it was something completely harmless, but for some reason, her doll, darling Norman just dies. <coughs> K.O. Night-night. <laughs> um, Edith is beside herself with grief, but the pain and sadness was apparently short-lived because her husband left her $1,025 and his jewelry shop. And that is $4,540,312 today. Edith doesn't have a lot of friends in Washington. Uh, she is labeled as a new money girl. One day, an acquaintance of Edith starts talking to her and is like, hey, you should meet my friend. You both have money. He lives in a really big house. And so, of course, Edith is like, yeah, tell me more about Mr. Manns. And, tell me more about the money. Well, <laughs> um... And this friend looks at Edith and goes, well, it's Woodrow Wilson, you know, the president of the United States. And Edith, for whatever reason, decides that old Woody isn't worth her time. But people keep insisting on setting the two up. And one of these people is Woodrow Wilson's cousin. One day, a group of these people, including the cousin, invite Edith out for tea and are later like, Oh my God, look at that. We're just right here beside the White House. Let's just go pop in. And Edith reluctantly agrees. And keep in mind, this is a different time because Woodrow's cousin was with them. This group of people is just able to walk right in. Just walk right into the, to the White House, just like stroll on in. Um, and there he is standing at the door, Mr. President himself. Smoking a cigarette. Probably, or cigar. Woodrow describes this meeting as the classic love at first sight. And after dating for just two months, Mr. President is writing Edith letters daily and even proposes in one of these letters. He is absolutely infatuated with her. Is that the equivalent of po proposing via text nowadays? I would think so. Yeah. It was harder to get around back in the day. Yeah. Um, Edith, on the other hand, is not as doe-eyed over the president as he was with her. She's into him, but she sees some red flags. So she just rejects his marriage proposal. Uh, basically, she said, slow your roll there, buddy. Uh, and Mr. President is not giving up. No, he keeps at it, writing to her, going to visit her, to the point he starts neglecting his presidential duties. 
No wonder he's not really remembered. (laughs) In the summer of 1915, the two are still seeing each other and exchanging letters, and Woodrow decides to take their relationship to the next level. He starts sending Edith official government documents for Edith to review and give her opinion on the issues at hand. He's gossiping about possible wars, uh, his friends, his enemies, you know, just all the normal things a normal citizen should be told from a government official. Yeah, I guessed him by my last statement. (laughs) Um, He even installs a private phone line from the White House to Edith's house so he can just call her up and gossip whenever he felt like it. Out of this, Edith starts to send and receive official documents from other countries, and Woodrow just has her pretend to be him. So she starts responding to these documents, posing as the President of the United States. (laughs) Edith is out here catfishing the entire world. Edith is the first catfish. Um, I'm sure she probably wasn't the the first. Well, no. The first maybe recorded. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, She admits that later posing as the president in this early time made her feel a little weird, but clearly she didn't feel that weird because she starts her new hobby of decoding secret messages for the president. Uh, And she really does enjoy this hobby. Um, Edith ends up having a photographic memory, and this allows her to learn very quickly. Um, I always say everyone has a photographic memory, but not everyone has film. And Edith clearly had all the film. On September fi- on in September of 1915, the president proposes a second time, and this time she says yes. Fun fact drop: Once the engagement of Woodrow and Edith is announced to the press, the press decides to take on the relatively new motion stop camera and use it to its full potential by following Edith around while she did stuff. This eventually is the creation of the paparazzi. Well, I'll be danged. Not everyone was happy for them. People within Woodrow's inner circle are not happy with the engagement, saying that it's coming too soon after his first wife, wife Ellen, died in 1914. One man despises Edith, and that is Woodrow's closest advisor, Joe Tumulty. He hated her from day one. He thinks that Edith is an asshole. And Joe thought the marriage to Edith would hurt his chances of being reelected. Edith knows Joe hates her because the president tells her everything. So she starts belittling Joe constantly, calling him common and other demeaning names. So she was an asshole. She was an asshole. Yep. Um, Woodrow and Edith marry in December of 1915 And after she becomes the first lady, the press fall in love with her. Not because she is a pretty little housewife in the White House. No, she is sitting in on meetings, sitting next to him at his desk during briefings, writing his speeches. Woody Mann gets reelected in 1916, and a lot of people believe he would not have won without Edith. Did she call him Woody Mann? (laughs) Yes. That was a... Missed opportunity, Jamie. You could have called him the Woodman. The Woodman. Oh my God. <laughs> the Woodman got reelected. <laughs> um, one day in Colorado, while Woodrow was traveling the United States giving peace speeches during World War I, he collapses mid sentence. 
Woodrow is immediately sent back to D.C. to recover and rest, but the second he gets back to D.C., he has a stroke. The stroke left him paralyzed on the left side, and he is bound to a wheelchair. He also can't speak for more than just a few sentences before his voice becomes too weak. And as any wife would do, Edith takes care of her husband, his every need, to the point of even speaking for him, or rather what she assumed he wanted to say. She did not allow the president to have visitors. She did not tell the public the true nature of his condition. Even the vice president was unaware of the true nature of his condition. The famous picture of the couple where Woodrow is sitting at his desk signing a document with Edith standing next to him holding the paper down is a completely staged photo to make everything seem like the president is recovering from a, quote, nervous condition, unquote. Edith starts filtering what information and letters reach the president and what does not. Whatever she deems important. But we now know a letter she did deem interesting. Per Woodrow's doctors, if he were to just simply resign, he would not have had the motion, motivation to get better. But on the flip side of that coin, if the, if the pressure of you know, leading the United States would be too much for him to handle, he would get worse. So, of course, Edith is just naturally only doing what is best for her husband. She's being his wife. It has nothing to do with all of the power she got from secretly running the country. No, not one bit. <laughs> Power doesn't corrupt. No, 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 not once. Never. There's there's not a saying about it or anything. Uh, So I looked her up. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wanted to see that picture and um, not what I expected. No. She has a very, very, very round face. (laughs) Okay. And that just is not that that just doesn't do it for me. Um, So I would not call her a looker, but. Apparently Woodrow did. Woodrow Wilson <laughs> said she was the bee's knees. He probably literally said that. Uh, it's, yeah, 1915, is that bee's knees time? Yeah, any time before like 1950 probably. Okay. Um, okay, listen, remember that Joe guy from earlier? Yeah. Wilson's right-hand man? Yeah. His confidant, his advisor, the one who hated Edith. The guy Edith bullied the shit out of. Well, he's getting suspicious. He's been writing letters to the president, uh, and Mr. President is not responding. So Joe takes it upon, thinks, uh, Jesus Christ, Jamie. Do better. What the fuck are you... I can't say that you're writing the Wonder Segment. Thank Um, you. So Joe... Let me try to decipher what she's trying to say here. So Joe thinks for a minute, and he realizes that he hasn't seen the president in over a month. How are you an advisor to the president and not seen him in over a month? Uh, yeah. So he writes Edith a letter directly, telling her that he is feeling sus about the situation and demands to have a meeting with the president. Show me the wood. There we go. That's what I'm talking about, Jamie. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) All right. All right. So eventually Joe shows up and 
He says that he's the he's there to see Woodrow. And so all three of them sit down to have a meeting on how best to run the country. Edith jots down some of the best ideas into letters and gives them to Congress. Lee's letters were, were in regard to things that needed to be dealt with ASAP. Congress gets these letters and everyone who reads them is suspicious. In one of the letters, the word America is misspelled. <laughs> how are you the president and you going to misspell America? Or how are you the first lady going to misspell America? Easy. You spell it America. America. That is the correct spelling. America. <laughs> Uh, the letters were signed by Woodrow, but did not read like how he normally wrote. And this is where things get a little cray-cray. This is where. This is where they get crazy. The president stopped dealing with his, quote, morning problems, unquote. Look, don't ask me. I don't know what the fuck a morning problem is. I could not figure it out, but this is how I will be delegating my life from now on. <laughs> is that is was he pregnant? I don't know. He stopped dealing with his morning problems. Okay. I don't know what a morning problem is. I assume it was like morning sickness, but maybe he had a meeting in the morning where he these are the problems for the day, Mr. President, fix them. Oh, maybe. I don't know. That's that's kind of where my my head went after the morning sickness thing. Okay. Yeah, that could be it. I don't know. Oh, I bet you're right, because months were going by and things around the White House were stacking up and not getting done. I bet it was like, hey, Mr. President, this is XYZ needs to happen. And I bet he just was to the point where he was like, Meh. I think Tyler's onto something. Um, there was a multitude of empty positions at the White House that never got filled. And 28 bills were signed into law without the president's signature which I didn't think could happen. Um, Woodrow Wilson's appointments were either ignored or canceled altogether. And the press and other important figures started to piece together that Edith is, quote, helping, end quote, the president. And these people start coming for Edith directly. A woman in charge? I ain't never. The world was just not ready for that. It's un-American. And Edith starts feeling the heat a little bit and goes as far as firing the Secretary of State for trying to address the president's stroke to the public. Well, technically, it was the president that fired him, but we can assume who actually did the firing. Um, one thing that does happen during Edith's minor panic about secretly running the United States is that women gain the right to vote. So, yay, Edith. But Edith did not support women's rights. Yeah, I want the power, not you. Edith is quoted calling the women fighting for women's rights disgusting creatures. So, like, yay, thank you, Edith, but also, like, fuck you. Yeah, it didn't really sound like she had too much to do with that. Yeah, no. Um... Woody and Edith decided not to run for a third ter term, which, yes, that was legal back then. And then two years later, on February 3rd of 1924, Woodrow Wilson would pass away. Edith would pass away almost 40 years later on December 28th, 1961. So there you go, Tyler and Megan. 
There is your story on the secret first lady president. Well, Jamie, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, for, for doing that again. Thank uh, you so much. You saved my ass because I was in a panic. That, uh, I didn't know the first thing about either Wilson, the woodman, or Edith. I thought, like, when I first, like, saw a snippet blip, like, fun fact, like, <coughs> how Woodrow Wilson's wife basically ran the country for him. Like, I thought it would be, like, a cool, badass story. I didn't realize this lady was a bitch. <laughs> I didn't realize everything was falling apart. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Uh, I didn't I didn't know anything about it. I didn't even know she ran the country for him. Um, that explains why uh, I you probably don't, don't know much about Woodrow you don't Wilson. You hear a he, lot about Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was one of the shit presidents. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, him was sick. Yeah. Edith was a shit president. <laughs> I didn't say it. I don't want the I don't want the hate. I'll um, say it. Edith was a shit president. Nothing got done. Yeah, no. So, well. Wow. Uh, all right then. Well, I guess on that note, um, I'm going to pass this to you. Okay, I'm going to take a splashy splash of yeah, water. Yeah, I don't know if you've sip. been drinking uh, at all through this, but we'll move on into trivia. Trivia with Tyler. I I want to verify this one, but this comes from NPR, so I'm pretty sure it's verified. Oh well, that's yeah. <clears throat> um, the U.S. Uh, the USA, that is of America, was supposed to adopt the metric system, but the ship carrying the standardized meter and kilogram was hijacked by pirates in 1793 and the measurements never actually made it to the United States. So, well, shit, damn, goddamn that, pirates. That's why your life is miserable with um the imperial system because of pirates. Goddamn pirates. Whoever would have known all right, let's uh now we're gonna move on. We actually have a mail time today, so brace yourselves for a drop you don't normally hear. Mail time. So I got instructions per Megan earlier this week not to read this until the podcast. Yep. Uh, so, so reading it reading it blind, going is, in like a virgin. This is Uh, Yeah. Tyler's face was so worth it. I guess you could say that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so this does come from Jamie, who just wrote the episode. So, (laughs) okay. So, first of all, I had, I have no idea why Megan lost her absolute shit on the podcast. Even I, who doesn't have emotions, knows the process of rubbing emotions together. <laughs> if, if you don't get that joke, you need to go listen to episode 109. The pro... <laughs> I, I don't know if I want to go on. 
<laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> Jamie, what have you done? The... <laughs> I don't know if I want to. Oh, is this bad? I don't know if I want to read this or not. I'm skimming and I'm seeing words that I'm not entirely sure. Anyway, (laughs) the process is actually relatively simple. In the case of Edith and Elizabeth, what happened was both women gathered in a room, removed their amygdalas. (laughs) I don't know what that is. A M Y G D A L. Amygdalas. A-S. Amygdalas. What's that? It's a brain. Um, a brain. Oh, a brain it's part thing. Of your brain. That's your okay. brain. I didn't know what that was. I thought it was something inappropriate, <laughs> <laughs> like a part of a old timey dress or. Uh, no, amygdala is a part of your brain. <laughs> anyway, amygdalas. They removed their amygdalas and then rubbed them together until an emotion was created. <laughs> this process normally goes faster when performed by two women versus a man and a woman. Don't ask me why, because science. <laughs> After the emotion is created, the woman placed the ab- amyg- amyg- amygdala? amygdalas back in the perspective brain and carry on. Some women cry afterwards and others sometimes need a cigarette. <laughs> Anything curious beyond that will have to be saved for wi- uh, whiskey and wonder after dark episode. <laughs> I'd also like to utilize male time to bring up Megan's forgotten open segment from last episode. We got two whiskey cabinets. Well, hot damn. I was supposed to build you those, and then I lost my uh, garage and ability to work. Yep. <laughs> until these damn rooms and ports are done. Yep. Um, well, that make uh, well two that make one big one. It's great. Ask me or Megan for a picture. So where's the picture? Uh, also, I want to I want you to slowly look at Megan... And ask her to tell you about cat bath time at our house. Will you tell me about cat bath time? Uh, if she has no idea what you're asking about, ask her if she can bathe. If Ask her if she can bathe or cats, LOL. Our cats. It says or. She meant R. Oh, okay. <laughs> and as normal, in case it needs to be said, uh, disclaimer, any... Science stated in how the women rub emotions together is bullshit. Y'all <laughs> keep on keeping on. Love you both. <laughs> well, Jamie, I appreciate you uh, enlightening me and the rest of our listeners on how women rub two emotions together because I surely didn't know. And I um, appreciate Megan being here to tell me what an amygdala was because <laughs> I would have assumed it was <laughs> something inappropriate, something <laughs> very inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't even know where to begin. Um, so, talk to me about cat bath time, Megan. Um, no, the cats actively try to murder me when I try to give them a bath. So, I forgot I was supposed to tell you that last open segment. As I attempted to bathe Void, who is our youngest uh, cat, or not our youngest. Um, he's our newest cat, the black cat that we got. Um, because Jamie. Cat. Not not trash cat, correct. Jamie is so allergic to cats. Like I was like, I'm oh, gonna yeah. bathe them and be a good person and take care of this. Well, I go to bathe Void and he is actively like launching himself at me, trying to kill me. Like 
hissing, clawing, like all all four feet, like claws out, like at me. And as he's doing that, my other two cats, Toast and Nira, are also attempting to attack me <laughs> for bathing Void. Oh, they knew what was coming. Like they're like actively like at me, like yeah, fuck they, you, bitch. They, they knew what was coming. <laughs> like it, it was chaos, and I barely got this cat washed, like with my sanity intact. And so I tell Jamie all of this, like I can't. These cats are fucking psychotic. I can't bathe them myself. I'm sorry. I tried. It's the worst. So Javen goes, "No, you're wrong. They're fine. They're not that bad." You're overdramatic. So this bitch, this fucking bitch. <laughs> I know where this is going. This bitch. I know where it's going. Is like, I bet, because the first time Void ever got a bath, she gave him a bath. And she said, like, he just laid there and purred the whole time. And I was like, no, he fucking didn't. It was just new, new home stress. Like, that's why he was calm. This fucking... Bitch grabs this black cat, puts him in the sink, scrubs away. Fucking fine. Fucking fine. No scratching, no hissing, no growling. Just like, oh, I get a bath. Yay, spa day. And the other two cats are like, yay, spa day. Everyone's fine. Everyone's fine. But they tried to kill me. I, I'd, I'd like to raise my hand and ask a question. <laughs> yes. Why on earth are you bathing your cats? <laughs> they um, do that themselves. I've we, my mom has had cats my entire life, and she has never not once bathed them. When you have a person who has cat allergies, that's right. They're allergic to the cat dander. Yeah. So bathing cuts down on the dander. That's so they right. get a bath every two months, every three months. We'll give them a bath just to make Jamie's life a little bit easier. Okay. Fair. Fair answer. All right. Well. What does she do different that you don't do? She's Jamie. Animals like her more than me. It's very upsetting. This is this is the first time in my life I've ever been the second person in an animal's eyes. Yeah. I, I can only think of one animal that that might be true for, and that's Bo. You're, mm-hmm. I, you were number two there for a, a long time. I think it might be Shelby now. But oh. I, I feel like I was always number one with Bo. But you were right up there. Yep. But yeah, no, I can uh, I can certainly see that. You're probably the best person with animals I've ever Aww. met. So You're going to make me cry. Apparently second best now. Jamie, I have met Jamie now. So, <laughs> so she's the best person with animals I've ever met. She. There is something about Jamie. There's something special well, there. I have, I've seen Jamie uh, work with my... my Dogs and Shelby's dogs, and she is fantastic with animals. So, uh, <laughs> which leads me into my next point off air. All right. <laughs> um, all right. So, let's move in. Let's, you got a couple sips with the water in. I will as you press a button. All right. Final thoughts. All right. So, we put some. Where'd it go? Old limestone, limestone water in. It's couple, sweet now. Couple little dribbles. It is sweet now. It's sweet now. <laughs> it's still definitely got... Uh, it's still got the woody, leathery kick, especially at the end yep. for me. Yep. I agree Like the sweetness is all at the front. 
But it, there's the sweet that we were supposed to be tasting. Yep. I found it. It's in the limestone water. Yep. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I'm not going to say or do anything that gives away. The blue bottle in there? The blue, the blue bottle, Penelope, yes. Penelope, um, Penelope. Yep, I'm, I'm going to try my hardest not to at least. Um, so, yeah, this was uh, much sweeter with, I don't even, I wouldn't even say sweeter. It was creamier. It was more vanilla, Which is, excuse me, vanilla cream. Yeah, it is sweeter, it's sweet. but it's not like, I'm not getting the sugar they were talking about. Yeah. It uh, took away the harshness, though, for sure. It like took, the the bite of the oak and the char yeah. and the leather. It took away that it, bite. It took the edge off, and it brought in a little little creaminess for yeah. me. Um, so uh, I was pleasantly surprised by that. So, mm-hmm. um, All right. Well, give me a number, Megan. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you froze. Megan's camera froze. Hold on. We're going to try to fix this. Um. Hmm. Man, the um, limestone water. Uh, the, the limestone water completely changes my perspective. Yeah. Keep going. I'm so. I'm gonna um, play with your camera. Okay. <laughs> Oops. Wrong one. <laughs> At least it froze on a flattering image. Um, it is, so now this is the second whiskey we've done with limestone water and the amount at which the limestone water changes the flavor profile of a whiskey is two for two dramatic. Um, because without the limestone water, this was sitting at a three and a half or a four for me. The limestone water has bumped it up. And so I don't know if I need to rate myself pre-limestone water, post-limestone water, or if I should average out and go between the middle, between the two of pre and post. And that's what I'm leaning towards. I'm leaning towards doing the middle because this was a three and a half, like, yeah, three and a half without the limestone water. With the limestone water... It's at a five and a half. So I think, I think I'm going to kind of go middle of the road between those two and say this is four and a half. I'll give it a four and a half for me. 4.5. Well, I certainly, uh, certainly agree uh, to, you know, I'm not going to do a before and after, um, limestone water i'm just gonna average it all together what i will say is this is 100 percent something that i would either mix or drink with this water um Mm -hmm. i'd be interested to see what it's like with regular tap water maybe we'll do that one day in the future um You give it a four and a half. I give it a four and a half. Yeah, my my gut is telling me uh, five on it. So okay, I was go with your gut. I was very much like you, uh, kind of, kind of um, not terribly enjoying it, 
until the water went in. Um, so that's uh, a little. Uh, I've heard such good things about the the Penelope group uh, of all the different whiskeys they've got going on, and uh, <clears throat> you know, just based off the first sips of this one, I was surprised um and questioning some people's taste buds to be <laughs> honest with you um yeah. so uh i'm not going to say whether i was surprised or not when i tasted the blue one um but when i tasted this one i was surprised so yeah i guess that's it uh it, it's pretty good with some water all right Cool beans. Well, friends, uh, I think we are reaching the end of our podcast episode today. So thank you guys so much for sticking around. Um, we will see you all in two weeks. Uh, please take a minute to like, share, subscribe, do all the wonderful things. Check out our website. Check out our Patreon. Uh, check us out on YouTube. Thank you so much for all you do. Thank you for your support. We thank you so much for everything, and we hope you keep listening. Um, don't drink and drive. Cheers. Going in like a virgin.